Okay, so how many of you know that you've been called here, whether it's Freedom Church or Woodland Park or Karis Bible College or any combination of them, but you know you're called here? Um, how many of you have a big vision, something that seems bigger than you? Okay, and how many of you have been feeling recently just a stretching or repositioning or you feel like the battle line has been drawn. Yep. Okay. Then um, I'm excited because this is just something that um, the Lord's really been walking me through. Um, so I'm just, I'm sharing, like Pastor Joe just said, this is for me first. And I'm going to share it with you. So um, I've been in the book of Judges for like the past month. And God has just had me on specifically the story of Gideon. And there's a lot of stuff in here, and I'm going to skip over a ton of it to save time. But one of the things I'm really big on is, you know, so many of us go to church and we hear a good word, and we leave it at that. If you don't go home and get the revelation for yourself, you don't get into the word for yourself, it will just remain a good word. It will never change your life. So I'm just going to encourage you, if this at all touches you, it stirs your spirit, go home, um, get into the scripture yourself, and get your own revelation, okay? Um, so I'm going to start in um, Judges 6, verse 12. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, now I can't see. <laughs> All right, so Judges 6, chapter or verse 12, sorry. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Gideon, and said to him, The Lord is with you, O brave man. So what's funny about this is that Gideon, at that moment, was hiding in the wine press, threshing wheat, because he was afraid of the Midianites. And the angel came and called him, O brave man. All right, verse 13, but Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful works, which our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in this strength of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? But Gideon said to him, Please, Lord, how am I to rescue Israel? Behold, my family is the least significant in Manasseh, and I am the youngest, smallest in my father's house. The, um, oh, I just lost it. The Passion Translation, I love the verse in the Passion Translation. It says that I am the least qualified. Um, okay, verse 16, the Lord answered him, I will certainly be with you. And you will strike down the Midianites as if they were only one man. So what is significant here to me is that, one, when, like I said, when the angel came to him, he, he saw the end from the beginning. He knew that the Holy Spirit was going to come on Gideon and that he was going to go to the battle and be victorious. And from the beginning, when Gideon was hiding, he called him, O brave man. And he started 
How many of you, be honest, how many of you have disqualified yourself when God has shown you visions, he's given you dreams, but you have disqualified yourself? You are not equipped, right? You're, you're the least equipped. But God has already spoken over you. This word is full of what he calls you. Beloved, daughter, son, victorious, healed, prosperous, right? Okay, so I'm going to skip over a bunch here. So God's given him the call, right? He's called him. He's, he's told him what he's to do. Um, but there was something he had to do first. And so um, jumping down to verse 25, it says, Now on that same night, the Lord said to Gideon, Take your father's bull, the second bull, seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut down the Asherah that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this mountain stronghold with stones laid down in an orderly way. Our God is a God of order. Then take the second bowl and offer a burnt sacrifice using the wood of the Asherah, which you shall cut down. Then Gideon took the ten men, ten, ten, took ten men of his servants and did just as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it during the daylight, he did it at night. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that none of you have altars to Baal or Asherah poles set up at your house, right? However... Do you know that people can be idols? Things can be idols. Um, offenses can be idols. Sickness and disease can be an idol. An idol is anything that takes your focus off of God and puts it onto something else. So I want to challenge you, like, pray. Ask the Lord, do I have any idols? Do you know an idol can be something good, too? It can be your spouse, it can be your kids. It can be um, just any kind of offense or your work or anything going on around us. The enemy's constantly trying to get your focus on him. And I want to share, there's um, two experiences that I've had. Okay, so I got born again when I was my teen years. And after I became a believer... It was like every time that I came across somebody prophetic, they would always say the same thing. It happened so often that I literally thought there has to be like a prophetic handbook. And this is just one of the things they tell them to say. But it's, it was the phrase, you are the apple of my eye. And so there was one night at church, um, there was a prophet coming and I, I was sitting in my seat and I was watching and like looking at everybody I like to people watch. <laughs> and so I was just hearing people like, oh, I, I hope I get a word. I really want to get a word. And I started thinking, and I was like, God, I'm not above, like, you working through your people. I'm not above a word from anybody else. But tonight, if you have something to tell me, I just want to hear it from you. Instantly, he says, you are the apple of my eye. And so I thought, okay, you know what? I've never, like, I don't know if I really know what that means. I've never looked it up. So I went home and I started researching, and it literally translates as the little man in the eye. And so as I'm like researching this, God just starts speaking and telling me, and I'm speaking this over all of you, okay, because you are the apple of his eye. 
And so what he started showing me is, you are the apple in my eye. I see everything going on around you. When your heart is broken, I see the brokenness. When you are offended, when you, are, you have pain or sickness in your body, I see it all. When you're stressed at work, when your circumstances going around you are not the way that they're supposed to go, I see it all and I care. And he said, but I want to be the apple of your eye. And he told me that when you, when I'm the apple of your eye, when you are looking so intently into my eyes, and you're so focused, you lose your peripheral vision. Everything going on around you begins to blur. It begins to fade, right? The symptoms in your body, the, the stresses of life, they all begin to fade. And the coolest thing is that when you are so focused on something, you become in unity. It's a oneness. As he moves, you begin to move with him. And then he showed me, when you look so deeply into my eyes, you're going to see a reflection. It's going to be that little man in the eye. You are going to see a reflection of yourself the way that I see you. It's not the way that your circumstances see you, that other people see you. It's the way that I see you. And the other thing that um, he just really, this, so this is a vision I want to share. And he brings this back to me a lot. And as I was like praying through what to share tonight, he brought this up to me. But how it started was um, I was just standing. And in front of me was this huge forest, these huge trees. And I was just looking into it like, what in the world? And all of a sudden, Jesus came running up on my right side and grabbed my hand and just started pulling me through the forest. We were like jumping over logs and like weaving in and out of the trees. And all of a sudden we came out into this big clearing and it was this beautiful meadow and he picked me up and spun me around. And then he took my hand again and we ran to the edge of this cliff and he sat me down on this rock and he just started showing me everything. And it was amazing. And what he was showing me um, in this vision was so many times we're running, right? And he's leading us down the path that he's already set for us. But all of a sudden, something comes along and we look to the right or we look to the left and we get distracted. And as he jumps over the log, but we're looking over here, what happens? We fall. And he's a good God and he's faithful and he will pick us back up and get us back on the right track. But do we want to get to our destination banged up and bruised? Or do we want to follow him and take the easy route? Right? And then the other thing that I, I know I'm not alone in this, but this is something I tend to do all the time. <laughs> There's moments, right, in our walk when God is just like, I just need you to come away with me. I just need to speak. I just want to be with you. One of the things I was praying one time and I was like, God, how do I love you more? How do I serve you more? Like, what can I do to love you more? And he just said, just spend time with me. Just be with me. And I was like, oh, your, your love language is quality time too? <laughs> it's not, it seemed so easy. <laughs> so anyways, there's those moments where he just calls us into just being with him. But for me... Oftentimes, I'm like, no, the vision, God, let's go. And I grab his hand, and I start trying to pull him, 
right? And he's saying, child, you don't know the way. You know the destination, but you don't know the path to get there. Let me lead. Let me lead you, right? Okay, so we're going to jump back into scripture here. Um, So this is Judges 6, verse 28. It says, early the next morning, when the men of the city got up, they discovered that the altar of Baal was torn down and the Asherah, which was beside it, was cut down. And the second bowl was offered on the altar, which had been built. So they said to one another, who has done this thing? When they searched about and inquired, they were told Gideon, the son of Joash, did it. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son so that he may be executed because he has torn down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah, which was beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, will you plead for Baal? Will you save him? Whoever pleads for Baal shall be put to death while it is still morning. If Baal is a god, let him defend himself because someone has torn down his altar. Therefore, on that day, he named Gideon Jerubbabel, meaning let, god, let Baal plead or let Baal contend with because he had torn down his altar. Now, I don't know if Joash, his father, was defending him or if he was basically saying, like, Baal will deal with you. Baal will contend with you. But either way, when we start pulling down those idols, there's going to be people, there's going to be demons that are not going to be happy. They're not going to like it. When you have sickness or disease in your body and you pull that, you pull that altar down, you lay down that idol, what, what happens? Those symptoms start, they get angry, right? You start feeling worse. And then you either, you have an option. You can either believe that you didn't get healed or you can continue to walk it out and just keep laying that down. All right, so um, what happens next is the, the enemy draws the line. They come up for battle. They start positioning themselves for battle. And in verse 34, it says, So the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and empowered him. The Passion Translation says that Um, The Holy Spirit wore Gideon like clothing. Do you know, if you are a believer, the Holy Spirit is wearing you like clothing. You have been empowered to step up to that battle line and to do everything that he's called you and prepared you to do. Right? So as those idols get laid down and the enemy starts screaming and coming after you and you feel like you're being attacked, you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the cool thing is this is Old Testament. He's promised that he will never leave you and never forsake you. He's not coming on you and leaving. He is wearing you like clothing. (laughs) All right, so I'm just gonna kind of walk through some of this. I'm not gonna read it all. But basically what happens is the trumpet is blown. the, The battle line has been drawn. The army starts to come together. It's like 32,000 men come and they're ready for battle. And God says, this isn't the way it's going to happen. It's like, you have too many. So everyone who's afraid, send them home. Because this battle is not for the fearful. It is time to step up and to lay the fear down. Fear is an idol. Okay, so the 22,000 leave. There's 10,000 left. 
And God says, it's still too many. And so he has all the men go down and he tells Gideon, whoever laps up the water out of their hand, that is who will go into battle with you. 300 men. So um, God comes to him and tells him it's time. He says, if you are afraid, take your servant and go down to the enemy lines and listen to what they're saying. So I'm going to read this because this is just so funny to me. Okay, so this is chapter 7, verse 12. It says, Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the sons of the east were lying camped in the valley as countless as locusts, and their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. 300 men and an army as massive as the sand on the seashore. So is anybody been given a call, a vision, or facing anything that feels impossible, praise God. Our God is a God of the impossible. Okay, so um, he goes down. He listens to a couple of the men. They're talking about a dream that one of the men had. And um, the interpretation of the dream given by the enemies is that God has given the enemy into the hands of Gideon. So he goes back, he turns, he praises God, and he tells his army it's time to go. So he has 300 men. He splits them up into three groups, and he gives them not a sword, not a weapon, but a torch and a trumpet. <laughs> All right. So Gideon... And the hundred men who were with him came to the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. When the guards had just been changed, and they, they blew the trumpets and smashed the pitchers that were in their hands. They had pitchers over the, um, the torches to hide the light. When three companies blew trumpets and broke the pitchers, they held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hands to blow. And they shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Then each stood in his place around the camp, and the entire Midianite army ran, crying as they fled. When Gideon's men blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set the sword of one Midianite against the other, even through the whole army, and the army fled. Okay, so I just want to ask you, who has some idols to lay down tonight? Who needs to refocus, just as you were saying, get their focus back on God? Our God is a God of order. When things are out of order, we've gotten off path. We are, we're looking to the right. We're looking to the left. We're not on the right track. We're, um, we're just positioned to fall, to stumble, to run into trees, right? So I'm going to ask... Hannah, to come back up here. We're going to just take some time to pray. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the idols are, but some of the things that God just really pointed out to me was sickness or disease, right? When you have sickness in your body, you get so fixated on that. You become an expert on that, right? I know because I had autoimmune disease and I became the expert. I knew everything about it. It, was, it consumes your life, right? People, your spouse, your kids, 
It's so easy to put them in the place of God. They wake up early. You don't go spend time with the Lord because you have people that need you. But you have to be diligent to take that time to come away with him, to sit and be in his presence, to let him speak life into you. So I'm going to have Hannah come back up and, you're, and John and Ethan. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking. <laughs> Anybody else? And <laughs> everyone. So I'm going to pray and then they're going to start playing. I want you to just pray in the spirit. I want you to just make a commitment to refocus, to make him the apple of your eye and to lay down those idols. And if anybody at any point has sickness, disease, if you have something going on in your body, something going on in your life that is not God and you need agreement, raise your hand. And I want everyone to just gather around those people to just speak life, to pray. No more. Okay, the battle line has been drawn. We are not a fearful people. We are going to step up to that battle line because there are greater things that we're not seeing. The Lord is coming for this city. The Lord is using Freedom Church to change this nation. And you guys are here for a reason. You are not here by accident. You have not been called here for... You're not, you're not called here by accident. You are here for a reason. And so I'm giving you a call tonight to step up to that battle line. But first, you're going to have to deal with your house. Okay, first, you're going to have to lay down those idols. First, you're going to have to get focused. And then we're going into battle. All right? All right, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this night. I thank you for this people, God. I thank you for the things that you're doing in this city and Freedom Church and our pastors and the leadership, Lord. God, I just thank you for your word and for truth. And God, tonight we just lay down those idols. I ask, Lord, that you would just speak to every person, although I know it's clear. I know that we all know those things that have taken our focus off of you, God. I just thank you, Lord. I just ask that we just lay them down. We tear them down right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, you are the apple of our eye. Refocus us, God. Get us back on the right path because we know that you, um, that we, we can't get to our destination unless you are leading us. And so God, we just thank you and I just give you praise in Jesus' name.